Namaste beauties. So happy to have you back for another episode of Tits and Teeth, hosted by myself, Kyla, and the number one baby girl, Jen. We have such a treat for you today. Our guest is Anne Pornell. Literally, she is a glam justice warrior. Anne is currently in She the People, which is entirely created, designed, and performed by the fearless, funny women of Second City. Guys, I cannot stress this enough. Anne is the coolest freaking chick, and on top of that, speaks her mind and is fighting for her futures. We discuss why it's important to see diversity on our stages and screens, who is responsible for making change happen, and why baseball players have the best behinds. <laughs> Get ready to fall in love with Aaron Pornell and immediately want to run to your computer to buy tickets to She the People. But first, Jen and I gotta catch up on the week. Jen, I miss you. <laughs> Hi, girl. How you doing? What's up? So, 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 my tops is definitely our director, choreographer extraordinaire here at uh, Mamma Mia at the Globe in Regina, the beautiful, wonderful Steph Graham. Yes. She's been, yeah, full shout out. Not sorry about it. Mm -hmm. Um, She has been the most wonderful, like, fostering, caring person, especially to myself, who's assistant choreographing, and uh, the lovely Lauren Boyd, sup girl, who is uh, assistant directing, and um, she's made sure that like we're both included in everything and really learning um, what it's like to be on the other side of the table and going to meetings and going to tech runs and like meeting with the lighting. We did a paper tech the other day and like I didn't even know what that was and so like you know figuring yeah. that stuff out that's brand new and different and really giving us a chance to learn. Um, absolutely. That's amazing. Learn. So she's the tops. She's fantastic. Um, my tail of the week is that here in Regina, my alcohol consumption has had to go down a little because the prices of alcohol are absurd. Oh, no. I, can, what? I cannot. My A, I can't find my regular bottle of wine. B, like... You know, in Ontario, I think you can buy a decent bottle of wine for $11. Here, like, like bad, like bad bottles of wine are $14. And so, oh, and the bottle of Jameson I'm drinking right now, didn't even get me started. <laughs> didn't get me started on how much this How was. much was it? Oh, it was $24 for the little Mickey, for the fucking Mickey, it was $24. <laughs> And I, that was worth the swear on that one, ladies <laughs> and gents. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> Wait, Kai, what's your regular bottle of wine? T- tell the people at home. Oh, um, I like an Argentinian uh, Malbec usually. It doesn't quite matter. You know, like I, I uh, switch from brand to brand. Yeah, I love but any of the I Argentinian like wines as well. Argentina is Ugh. where I buy. Yeah. Can you tell me about your week? Because I missed your stupid face. <laughs> oh, I missed your face too. Okay. Tubs and Tails. Tubs and Tails are about Serena Williams this week. Okay. So the U.S. Open has been on. I was going to say, Jen, are these an all-inclusive top and tail? They, <laughs> they absolutely are all-inclusive tops and tails. It's Serena Williams. She is my tops for so many reasons because she's fierce and amazing. But um, specifically... Because a couple of things happened to her, and she came back swinging. 
Okay, so at first, the French Open, they had um, banned her from wearing a cat suit. She wore like a black compression suit down to the ankles, very covered. It was like very sleek. Anyway, um, she is susceptible to pulmonary embolisms and she's just had a baby. Her baby is four months old. So she was like, put me in the cat suit. Let's go. I'm ready to play tennis. That's what I feel great in. Mm -mm. The French Open was like, absolutely not. We do not like that as a look. That is not okay. So they said, they changed the rules. They made, and singled Serena Williams out and said, she can't wear that, anything down to the ankles. And the rule is you can't wear anything below the knee. You have to show some leg in tennis, darling. Yeah, because so imperative to how you play is that really fresh air to the legs. Yeah, it really helps the backswing. Yeah. (laughs) So that happened to Serena. She her response was awesome. She was like, "Um, "Guys, I will not be wearing that outfit again." Do you want to know why? Because I care about fashion, and in a fashion in the fashion world, you never wear the same outfit twice. So <laughs> yeah. uh, you fast forward to the um, U.S. Open and she shows up wearing a black tutu <laughs> to her first match. She's like, oh, you want me to be wearing a skirt? Then, of course, she wears a purple tutu to her second match. So it made me lol. I love um, the, the kind of way that she didn't, you know, she didn't take it all on. She just responded with her outfit. And I thought that was fucking cool. Since then, if you follow Serena News, um, this week she's had more stuff going on in the Serena world. Um, she lost a match recently um, because it was it was a tied game. It was love all. And she had previously lost a point because uh, she had lost a point and then called the umpire a thief. So as it's tied, because she called the umpire a thief, he docked her additional an additional point which lost her the match she was beside herself so her response to all of this was okay I called him a thief like you know I I behaved in a certain way but let me tell you many a men before me have gone and behaved in a certain way Mm -hmm. did they lose this point at that point in the match in her opinion she was like no they did not I think I'm being singled out because I'm a woman and reacting in this way and people aren't used to seeing a woman react that way and it becomes a bigger deal. So she's like, I just don't think it's fair and I know that I can't change anything for me right now, but I hope me speaking up about this will change stuff for women for the future. Ooh. <laughs> yes, girl. So I don't know, man. There's got to be people with opinions on that one. Write to us. Let us know what you think. But Serena Williams... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams is my tops and them telling her she can't wear some nice Lululemon leggings or Nike leggings or whatever that is my tails <laughs> just let them play tennis man get out get out anyway let's get out of here okay bye okay bye <laughs> we're here for 60 seconds with the godfather who's the godfather we're the godfather who are we talking to Anne! What does she do? She answers rapid-fire questions in 60 seconds. Here we go. It's time for 60 seconds with a godfather. It's 60 seconds with a godfather. Not 20, not 30, not 40, not 50. It's 60 seconds with a godfather. (laughs) 
three, two, one. Is the Second City Theater haunted? No. Um, have you ever had cream up your nose? Yes. Stop. Do you like butt stuff? Ah, uh, yes. Favorite Jay's player? <laughs> Jose Bautista. He's not technically one still, but he'll always be oh. a good Jay to me. I feel you. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Fuck, Mary kill. Um, Chris Collin, Josh Donaldson, Jose Bautista. Ooh, I would marry Jose. Oh, f- uh, I would fuck Donaldson. I would oh, kill yeah. Chris Coughlin. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, meatloaf or pot pie? Oh, pot pie. Yeah. A man taking selfies. Turn on, turn off. Turn on. A man taking oh. selfies with a um, man bun. Turn on, turn off. Off. To get that bun oh. out of here. <laughs> now he has what a great he... butt. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. Great butt. <laughs> on. You Best physical feature about yourself? Oh, my dimples. Amy, Amy mm. Poehler or Tina Fey? Oh, I'd rather die than answer that question. You can't You can't choose? No, I don't want to. You don't want I'm, to. I'm a modern woman. I shouldn't have I to choose. <laughs> oh, yes. She did it, everyone. She said it. <laughs> she doesn't have to choose. So we're here with the wonderful Anne. Um, you've just learned a little bit about her in her 60-second segment. Um, she is currently in the show She the People for the Second City. Tell us, give us a little bit about the premise of the show and why people should go see it. Great. What, great. What? I've good, turned into such a wabbit. Um, <laughs> she the People is a powerhouse show that is uh entirely a female female identifying cast members our stage manager is a woman she's actually pregnant too amazing our musical director our director is a female our producer Mm. is a female everyone is a woman in this show it is fast furious funny and it talks about some really, really heavy things like the Me Too movement. Okay, great. Um, mm-hmm. The right for the right that women have that is increasingly getting policed about what to do with their bodies. And mm-hmm. right. above Serena all else. Williams, hello. Exactly, Boy, exactly. Or in America. You can have so, your skirt. You know. It used to be you can have like show your ankles. Now it's like you can have your shorts below your knees. The difference is What's crazy is there was another tennis player that uh, participated in the French Open. She was white, and she was allowed to wear her onesie. So... Stop it. It is. It is. I saw that on Twitter. I don't know who this tennis player is, but maybe two or three years ago, she was wearing like an all-white bodysuit. And that was acceptable. That was acceptable. And that was okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, Serena just gets so scrutinized, man. Okay, we were talking about you. Though. She the people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, great. So, um, why should people go see it? It's so funny. If you want to have a great <laughs> yeah. night, Done. just go. see this show. And you know what? You don't have to be a woman to enjoy this show. Mm, this wow. is telling female stories, but funny is funny. Above all else, it's a fucking funny show. Like a comedy oh. show that's as close to a rock concert. Because we get like woos and peep and women just screaming during the show. <laughs> it's that. fantastic. And you said, I liked what you said before about like, I was like, well, why is there such a rock star feel? And you said, because like every woman can see herself on stage. Like Absolutely. there's everybody is represented. Mm-hmm. And, and we're telling like, stories of women and in non-heteronormative ways too. Like we yeah. have your stereotypical relationship scenes, sure. but in this show they're both women and we don't even comment on it because cool. it's not I a love thing that, that matters. Yeah. Cause it's 2018. Exactly. Keep up people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come Keep- on. And yes. Did you have anything to do with the writing? 
of said show? Well, here's the thing. Okay. This show originally oh. started in <laughs> Chicago. Mm-hmm. And oh. half of, I would say 70% of it was uh, archive material from the Second City. And 30% of it, nah, I think it's a 50-50, of new written scenes that was written by a tremendous cast of women, all women mm-hmm. as well. And some of the archive scenes are actually mine. So I oh. do have I do have a few scenes in the show that I wrote. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, are your archive scenes from the Chicago rendition of She the People or is this strictly from the Toronto version? They are like did you both. go to Chicago and write or both? No. So this okay. show was mostly written in Chicago and then they supplemented it with uh, scenes from Toronto and Chicago. Right, great, great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What are your scenes? My scenes. Like the ones that you wrote? Like you It's know. actually crazy because one of the scenes that I wrote was in originally Come What Mayhem, which came out two years ago now. Oh. And it was about <laughs> Gian Gameshi and the case that happened around that. Crazy. And what's crazy is that it still holds Have true. It. It's even more poignant now than it was two years ago. Yeah. And it's kind of scary, but also like mostly haunting that, you know the women not being believed is always an issue and it's always yeah it just reminded me about the Gionkomeshi um case because we have people listening not just from um Canada Mm -hmm. we'll have people listening in the states and Australia as well Mm -hmm. just um can you give a little background on that case yeah essentially Gionkomeshi was a prominent CBC radio star like he was a big he was a big deal he's radio royalty And a lot of allegations started to surface about sexual misconduct, him abusing his power at the CBC, Mm -hmm. and there was uh, a court case against him, and uh, he was found not guilty. Yeah. So uh, it was very much all of the women who came forward, some of which who revealed their real identities, just being dragged through the mud and not believed. And that... Scene is a scene that has uh, a schoolgirl and her teacher, and the schoolgirl is telling her teacher that a boy pushed her. And it's the teacher (gasps) not really believing her, but just sort of preparing her for what's going to happen in life. For life, basically. Um, When you're writing then, and you're deciding to write about such, like, poignant, like, hard-hitting things, like... How do you make it like not how do you make it funny, but like holy shit, then you like turn it around and it can it's comedy, right? Like, how do you what find the hell humor in that kind of scene? Yeah, like that's that's talent, is what that is. It's <laughs> well, the, the beautiful thing about having a full Second City review is not all scenes have to be ha 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 ha, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, have yeah. Those moments within the show that are quiet, that are mm-hmm. powerful, and they don't need to be funny. Yeah. A lot of the laughs we get in that scene aren't because we're making jokes. Like, I would say there aren't very many jokes in that scene, but mm-hmm. it is the scene that people react to the most. Because mm-hmm. it is a quieter scene, I can hear the audience react. I hear, oh, uh, no. Yeah. Like, I can hear those moments of people understanding what this scene is about, and to me, that is more powerful than the loudest laugh because... It just shows that your audience is listening and they are impacted by it. And they're fully absorbing what's being said because they're emotionally invested in it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not the funniest scene, but it was never designed to be a funny scene. No. no. Okay, you were looking no. for the truth and, and exactly. to people. And the, the truth is funny, but sometimes it's in a very sad way, yeah. right? We don't yeah. always laugh out loud at funny things. Sometimes we're reflect- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Society. Exactly. Yeah, it's just us holding a mirror to the audience and what right. they yeah. see on the news, what they hear around the office. These are issues. This scene and all the other ones, it's truly a reflection of, a female's experience in 2018. Ugh, it's so important. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so happy that you're here and talking about this stuff. Um, and I'm so glad that you're putting it out on yeah. a stage. Yeah. So that yeah can see it and, and feel connected to it mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. what even what we're trying to do all the time with the podcast is just put is just create conversation. Yes. Because if people are talking about it, exactly, then we are you know then growth can happen. Exactly. Which is what we're all fucking aiming for <laughs> which actually so writing and everything in second city uh it's a good little tina fey segue <laughs> i said um tina fey talks in her book about having the combination between uh, like harvard nerd and uh stand-up comedian or sketch comedian is like how you make the best writing group and you have both of those things you have like a science degree and you're like comic and everything like that and so you are technically both you are the harvard nerd (laughs) and like an improv person right and so um your path and do you think of yourself as a comedian writer improver actor like what is what are you what is your goal in um in your performing career the beautiful thing about comedy in Toronto and Canada, eh, anywhere, is you got to be all of those things. You have to yeah. have the ability to write. You have to mm-hmm. have the ability to perform. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just for the sake of trying to always have a job constantly. Because sometimes... We hear you. You know what I mean? We got to be good. We got to be that uh, triple threat. Because sometimes there's no stage jobs. So you try to find a writing job. I would call myself a performer above all else. I love writing. Yeah. I write because I have to. And by that, I mean, I tell my story because, you know, I'm a woman of color and I am fat. And I think those experiences really allow me. Let to me really... tell you at home, she's very beautiful. Oh, but here's but the thing. Like, hey, that is beautiful. woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? That's I've the got thing. a sexy lady right in front of me. It's about seeing different people on stage and hearing their voices. And because I am those three things, I identify myself as a woman who is Filipino and fat. If you're one of those three... I've already got like three extra people who can identify with me. And right. so I I take that very seriously and I'm the voice for plus women. I like to be a voice for Filipinos and women of color uh, and as well as just generally a woman. Yeah. So I'm all of the above, but I love to perform. Like performing is... Your performer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Stage, whatever. All of it. Yeah. You're just a, it's a performer. Okay. So then back to having the combination between your, your education and then your improv and studies. Um, do you find you have like a broader spectrum then that you can pull from as an actor and as an improver and as a writer? I think it's less my degree because, uh, let's get real, I barely passed university. Like, I barely graduated. It matter. You, get a, you either get the certificate or you don't. Exactly. There's no, like... I got my diploma. It's on my wall. That's it. all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's less about that and I think more about just how the world treats me and how I see the world. I think that's more important. And having a good idea of my sense of self, I think yeah. any great performer knows who they are 
And I think that's the greatest gift. Not only the ability to transform into characters, but also having a little bit of you come out in that character. In every single character, of course. I mean, I always think that actors, writers, everyone, you have to be so smart. So it's great that you have that degree because it just, (laughs) unfortunately, sometimes the world needs a little piece of paper to be like, no, I promise I'm an intellect, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even though I have this untraditional path. But like... Truly, people, especially comedians, you have to be so like you have to be so. Oh my god, comedians are some the smartest people. Yes, like like the biggest assholes. Let's get real. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dickheads, but fucking smart too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the ability to listen. Like I think that's what intelligence is. Oh, I like that a lot because you don't learn anything if you're not listening to people. If you're not willing to absorb what you are being told, taught, like what you're reading. You can't take that, process it, and put it into your art if you're not open to it. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Well then, I mean, I know you can't, you won't pick between Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, but like, can you describe, this just, this just came to me. We'll see if it stays. Um, so when they, when they were on the scene and in SNL, like actually and Maya Rudolph and like that entire like women's dope group mm-hmm. in SNL. And were you watching me and like, Oh my God, I want, I, I yeah. need to do that. Yeah, absolutely. But also I think more of my influence comes from the people around me. Like, I don't know how lucky I got, but the people that I've gotten to work with over the past couple of years, I have been blessed with having the funniest, most supportive, intelligent, smart, hardworking women around Mm -hmm. me. And that's not to speak ill of the many talented men in my life, but for me, my experience has been so Well, you identify with women, right? So, of course, like, you know, yeah, again, that's not taking anything away from the wonderful men that we're Mm -hmm. all surrounded with. They're so brilliant. Yeah, because we need them too. Yes, of course, and we We love them, them. but we actually are women, so we're we're looking to other women, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Carry on, Mm -hmm. my friend. Yeah, it's because you can relate a little bit better and there is that understanding between women we don't have to explain ourselves we don't have to justify why we're getting emotional uh which Mm -hmm. is something we constantly have to do to men or to be told that we're being too emotional but it's like well i would love the ability to not be emotional because a situation doesn't affect me personally which is why i hate that argument that women (laughs) take it too personally and that's because men have privilege that they don't have to be affected Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. just so many women, and a lot of them are, are in my current cast. A lot of them are just like the friends that I've made in the community. The Toronto comedy community is filled with dynamite women. Yeah. That's like, cool. Incredible, incredible women. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to give women a voice, yeah. and that's what mm-hmm. you two are doing right now. You're giving Trying. women a voice. <laughs> but it's, it's that... <laughs> For me, feminism is about like not giving, not taking men down, but it's really like uplifting people, mm-hmm. men and women. It's not, t- it's not about tearing people up. It's about lifting them so everyone has an equal shot at success. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like I never saw a Filipino woman do comedy Yeah, in Toronto, in the general media. Like Asians don't have very good representation in the media anyway. Because yeah. Scarlett Johansson has taken all of our jobs. Oh my God, remember <laughs> that? 
I mean, oh she keeps on trying to do it, but um, it so one one of my cast members asked me, and he was trying to understand why I was so vocal about uh, being proud of the fact that I'm a woman and a woman of color, and he's like, "Is it because you didn't see yourself reflected that you feel like you?" Um, that drives you more. You have a responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I do. Because so many stories have been left untold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So far. Yeah. And I think the more diversity we see on stage, the more people are inspired by that. And that's why it is so important to see that. Like we couldn't have a more perfect segue. We we wanted to talk to you about diversity yeah. um, within the business. And uh, your friend, uh, Paloma, who I spoke to, she's a cast member of yours. Mm-hmm. Paloma Nunez, uh, what a queen. There she is. Um, she was a fabulous. And <laughs> she is in um, She the People yes. as well. And so we spoke to Paloma ahead of time just to get to know um, the kind of ins and outs of Anne. But she called you the glam justice warrior. Oh, my God. <laughs> we wanted to talk to you about, like, diversity um, in the workplace and Paloma had specifically mentioned that you had turned down jobs in the past when you thought you were potentially being hired just as the, as a token diverse person mm-hmm. and um, said that you're ha- you're fighting to have equal uh, diversity on stages across Canada mm-hmm. so can you just talk to our listeners a little bit about your experience and your feelings on all of this absolutely like And I will preface this by saying the company that we work for is trying very hard and they're great. That's the second city. The second city. I have all of the respect for that company. Um, But sometimes when the powers that be also lack um, diversity themselves, like sort of the the higher ups, uh, the issues don't affect them. So they don't realize what's important and one of the examples i'll use is Is that ignorance is bliss that kind of exactly um before my like the show that paloma and i did before she the people Mm -hmm. it was called everything is great again it featured three people of color and that's the first time that has happened at second city in canada and it's at the time it was 2017 that was the first time three People of Which color. Which is crazy because Canada is so diverse. And, and Toronto especially Toronto, is yeah. so incredibly diverse. So mm-hmm. that was the first time it was... And also uh, Brandon Hackett, who was the third POC, he's also a queer man. Um, so there was a lot of diversity. And for me, it's important to create material that reflects what makes me diverse. Because what it means is then my understudy has to look like me. Cool. And mm-hmm. now... That's a job for someone who didn't have a job before. Mm-hmm. Because what mm-hmm. happens in Second City is the touring company, all talented people, they are the understudies for the main stage. Right. And it just sort of like your energies match with whoever is, uh, you just match energies the best you can. But at that time, there wasn't a woman of color in, um, in the cast, which is fine because, you know, there was three on the main stage. So we had all sort of moved up and they're like mm. trying to fill the not the void but they're trying to color it up a little bit more but it happened to be that there were just three white women and three straight sized uh lovely women and for me even though i wasn't saying anything specifically like i'm filipino it's still important that you maintain the integrity of my writing 
by hiring a diverse voice because even though I don't say or refer to my race or my size or my gender, the fact that a woman of color who is fat, who is Filipino, is on that stage makes it different. Yeah. And it changes the complete tone of what your scene is about. If you were to take me out and put in a white woman, the dynamic is different and right. you no longer mm-hmm. honor Because you're not telling your story, exactly. which is what, who you're writing for and th- that's yeah. the story you're telling. Exactly. So think like I take it as uh, like a badge of honor that I've had three different wonderful women that have come into the second city to be my understudy. And they were not mm. women who had previously been in the system. Right. And it just means that they get a job for however long when I'm gone uh, mm-hmm. like if I'm on vacation and then the company gets to see them and they can hopefully get a chance to develop that talent. Right. But that doesn't happen unless you force it because mm-hmm. um, there was one show in which my understudy was going to be a white woman and I went to the producers and I was like, this is unacceptable. It's erasure. You cannot do this. I even, you just can't do this. Yeah, and good for you. to his credit, he listened and was like, I didn't realize that's what it meant we will change it and so we had a understudy who reflected my voice more than yeah well I mean it's even what we were saying earlier like it's so important for us as like dancers to see a choreographer ahead of us that is a woman or a director that is a woman because then I can see okay that's my path Mm -hmm. and that's an actual achievable goal absolutely Mm -hmm. how important for you is that that is it that you know, women such as yourself are represented on stage. It's so important because, and not, not everyone has to be a fighter. Yeah. Not everyone has to fight for everyone else's rights. It's mm-hmm. exhausting. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You will get stomped on and you're heartbroken so many times. Right. You don't, sometimes you're just too tired to fight and no one is expected to, but I have the energy, I have the fire, like that anger. I'm an Aries, so I have that. And so because I don't get easily intimidated, I know that I have to use that because someone else might not. And if I have the energy to, then I feel like I have to do that because I owe it to the next generation of comedians. Right. It's that camping rule of leave a place better than when you found it. And that's what I hope to do at Second City. I think that's so amazing and it's so great that, um, that, that, you're doing that. It's so important. Um, what I spoke to your friend Paloma about uh, about you doing just that. That's why you're the glam justice warrior because you're gorgeous and you're fighting this fight and you're fighting for justice and equality and all of these things that are so important. Ultimately, whose responsibility is it, in your opinion, um, to kind of make these changes? Like, is it yours as an actor at, at this level or is it the producers at, at the top or like where, you know, where does the responsibility lie? Well, it's certainly not my responsibility to change the whole system. <laughs> That's what Paloma was yeah. like. Yeah. It's ultimately always up to the company. It's up yeah. to me to speak up. If I feel like I've been wronged, I mm-hmm. have to say something. Otherwise, I have to sort of eat shit and grin and bear it because... The company can't know what they're doing wrong if you don't tell them to. And that's not to say that all dialogues are me running up to the office and <laughs> the door open and being like, what did you do this time? Yeah. Even though it feels like that sometimes. <laughs> if we want change, we have to have the patience to talk to people so that they understand your perspective. Yeah. So that they can yeah. change and they're open to it. And you don't 
people aren't open and receptive to an an angry, irrational person. Right. I get very heated, but at the end of the day, hmm. what I'm saying isn't unreasonable. So do no. you ever have to do you have to pick your battles sometimes? all the time? Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. That's just what it means to be a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we can't fight them all. No. We gotta fight for the ones that are most meaningful to us in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think then you said that the execs and like people who are at the top right now are not necessarily the most diverse group of people at the moment, but but then if they hire more diverse people uh, underneath them, that will that those diverse people up. will like go, trickle to the top and like be the change. It's just like it does take it that takes time. that. It does. It takes a time, but it will. It will happen. Like as long as you, well, like as everyone as is open, then mm-hmm. that yeah. it will change, and more um, diverse groups will move to the top and like be the execs of everything. Then. So then, how important for you? Just going off what Kyla was saying, how important for you mm-hmm. is it to have that diverse or to have those voices in the room? It's mm-hmm. so important because as an, uh, the changes that we're seeing right now in terms of a push for diversity are incredible. Mm-hmm. They're really inspiring. They're happening in front of the camera. They're happening on stage. Visual changes. But that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily what's going on behind the scenes. And that's going to take time because you're going to need to give people the experience to get those higher, like whatever the next level yeah. is for me. I have to I have to learn what that position is. And not to say I want to be a producer. I I have no interest. It's a hard job to be a producer. <laughs> I have all the respect in the world for my bosses, but it's going to take time for the changes that are happening on in front of people to happen behind the scenes and we still have to be very committed to those things too because if you don't have a voice speaking up at the top, yeah, it doesn't matter sometimes. So is that why you're like making sure that you're writing pieces and making sure that they're being seen and yes. And, and, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. And if it's not, if I don't want to be a producer or a director or whatever, I do want to be all those things one day. The way I kind of think about it too is building enough clout and having people respond and respect mm-hmm. when I, when I speak, because again, like you can't make change happen if people are like ugh her again what it's what's she griping about this time and this goes back to the point of picking and choosing your battles yeah and you mm-hmm. have to be very savvy in how you kind of maneuver through the world period you which have is why to. i think actors period. are so freaking smart uh-huh. man we're ba- we're like politicians sometimes yes. like we wear so many different hats but it's so important because unfortunately or fortunately this is a business mm-hmm. but it's um it's really important for people to keep fighting the good fight man just yeah. exactly what you're doing because we're our own advocates yeah yeah. so we had an amazing offline chat before about um like ethnicity and diversity and it not just appearing mm-hmm. you were talking about a program that you're currently directing yeah so the second city this mm-hmm. is the third year this is happening we have a diversity and inclusion fellowship program right which sorry takes... so so diversity not just appearing but you're developing it yes great yes because if you want to see changes on your stages you have to give people the proper training i we were talking about this earlier in the day yeah. It's a bullshit excuse whenever someone who was auditioning people is like, well, the talent just isn't showing up. So we have to cast, you know, all white people, non-ethnic people in these ethnic roles. That's not good enough. 
yes, it's true that they aren't showing up, but they're not mm. showing up because probably their life has experienced their life. Like socioeconomic reasons yes. or cultural reasons. It might not be in their culture to exactly. do a musical, like, you know, musical theater. Yeah. It's not people represented on stage, so they can't, uh, you they know. They didn't know it was a possibility for them. Yeah, exactly. So you have to go out of your way, like the people on top. And it's expensive. Everything yes. that you're doing to, to be dancing. Yeah. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. We're so privileged, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. to be able to mm-hmm. do these jobs and do these things. Yeah. Because it's expensive. It so is. socioeconomic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, kind Yeah. Of- so it is on sort of the powers that be to find ways to outreach. They have to reach out to the communities. If they want the talent on their stage, they have to go get it and hone it, right? Like and you can't just expect yes. to find a diamond in the rough. Yeah. That's a one in a million shot. But what you can do is you can give free classes to people. You can expose them yes. to improv writing sketch and give them a voice that they didn't even know that they had. And that's yes. what this program is doing. And it's incredible. Like, I did this three years ago. I was part of the very first one. And it's what led me to main stage. I had worked for the company for five years. And I was just doing the kids' shows. And I was stuck there for five. And I was like, what do I have to do? Like, I feel like I'm stuck in this rut. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this diversity program happened. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. Even Mm -hmm. though I've been in the system for five years, I'm not too good for anything. I want to learn anything that I can with whatever experience. Yes, always a student. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, fuck and yeah. So yeah. I did that program and then within two months I was part of the touring company and within six months I was on main stage. So I Amazing. absolutely credit that program for getting me to the job that I had always dreamed of having at Second City. That's amazing. And so because I was a, I was like a little guinea pig, like I, I went through the system, I succeeded in the system I wanted to make sure that this program kept going because it helped me so much and it gave me incredible opportunities. I wanted to make sure that it didn't get forgotten about. So I couldn't do or I couldn't participate in the second year because I was on stage performing at Second City. But then when I came to it, I was available for the third year. They asked me to direct and I said yes, because I couldn't think of a better way to give back to the community than to help people who were me three years ago I really could cry because I think what's so important is um you know there's so many problems and so how do we be that change well we go and you you be the change you you fucking do it yes put your boots on and you go to work so much work to be done but so So much much work work. what are you gonna do yes Thank goodness you're here and <laughs> telling everyone about the wonderful programs that they can go and take and like yes. share it with your friends, tell everyone and yeah, put it out there and we'll keep this growing yes. and I'm so yeah. excited. I can cry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. is out. She's like, okay. <laughs> so what advice do you have to oh people my God. listening? This is, as we say, a larded question. <laughs> a larded question. Huge one. Yeah. How was that, Jen? How was that? Huge one. That's great. <laughs> just butchering. I'm just butchering it. Left, right, and center. I think my biggest piece of advice is be kind. Work so hard because everyone and their moms is going to tell you that you can't do it. And you just got to say, fuck you. Just be nice. Be respectful. 
keep your nose to the ground, work hard, and good things will happen because when you have talent and you work, you've got the fucking world in front of you. That's it. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna make out with it. <laughs> I'm in love with Anne Pornell. For Anne, yes. we're so fucking pumped that you've been we here. We are with us today. Yeah. I have had yeah. a fucking blast. Oh, yes! We are very excited. You have to do this with us just once. Yeah. Um, yes! 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 Do what we say. Five, six, seven, seven eight. eight. Bitches are lit, titties are out, turkeys done. <laughs> Yes, that was it. That was it. That is Anne Pornell, everyone. We absolutely loved teaming up with the Second City for this one, and we loved having Anne. She is not only talking about change, but she is making it happen. We love that, and we had a blast with her on the show. (laughs) You guys, something hilarious happened during the recording of this episode, and Kyla's going to kill me, but... Obviously, I'm going to share it with you. So stick around for our very first ever outtake and just listen to see if you can hear the panic in Kyla's voice. In the meantime, you can catch Anne in She the People playing at the Second City main stage, playing now until November 25th. Get there. Write to us. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear about it and we would love to hear from you. If you have thoughts and opinions on anything that we chatted about during the episode today, please hit us up. You can find us on Instagram at Tits and Teeth Podcast or you can email us at Tits and Teeth Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow the Second City Toronto. Uh, that is the Second City. T.O. on Instagram or Glam Pornell to find our main girl, Anne. Thanks always for the shares, the comments, the likes. We love you guys. Remember, tits up, teeth out, and enjoy this out tech legends. Bye. Oh my God, Jen, one sec before you continue. Yeah. I am, I need to go to the bathroom somewhere. Oh my God. Literally, <laughs> I'm literally going to put my pants. Yeah. Like, I'm, go, like go, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. We might so have ferocious. to leave that in. I think that. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was sweating. I. I was sweating. I had to shit so bad. I was like, I have to. Oh my god! And then, then I was trying to find like the right segue from when you were talking. And I was like, okay. <laughs>